Hello and welcome to A History of Hannibal, episode 40, 24601. So, this is a bit of a break from tradition. A multiple of five episode, which isn't a let's talk. Some plans fell through, others never really got going, so this is going to be a standard episode. Likewise, I'm not sure what will happen with episode 45, but episode 50 is fast approaching. I'm sure I can figure something out for that. Perhaps it will be another spectacular with a Q&A. Perhaps it will be a Let's Talk. Perhaps you have an idea, and I'll do that, or maybe I just won't do anything at all. Who knows? For the moment, I'm not thinking much beyond the immediate future. April should be a normal month, plus I have exams in May and early July, so there will be a possibly three or four weeks without an episode while I focus on that. I'm sorry, but my studies have to come first. Then on the 8th of June, there is the London meetup, which I hope to see you all at, so episode 50 may not be until July. Eh, you get the idea. Now that we have that out of the way, Let's get into 216 BC. We have several plot lines in action, so it'll be worth explaining what is going on. Hannibal is still at Cannae, and has taken the Romans, who fled their camps after the battle, prisoner, and has agreed to ransom them. 300 denarii per Roman, 200 per ally, and 100 per slave. Varro has gathered together a force of 10,000 or so survivors, based at Canusium, and is there along with several military tribunes. Bibulus, Fabius Maximus the Younger, Appius Claudius, and Scipio Africanus. Metellus is on his way to Varro to bring him back to Rome, which is currently being governed by the Praetors, Filius and Pomponius, the dictator Marcus Junius, the master of horse Sempronius, and Fabius, a man of extreme influence. Goodness me, that is a lot of storylines. We might as well be in Westeros. Who should we follow up first out of these? I think we shall go with Hannibal. Hannibal decided to change the terms he had agreed with the prisoners. He separated out the Romans from the non-Romans, and set the non-Romans free rather than the 200 denarii ransom that they had agreed. This is exactly what he did after the Trebia, and Trasimene, and is quite consistent. You can capture more bees with honey than vinegar. Hannibal knew that harsh treatment of Rome's allies would turn them away from him. It would reinforce the idea that the Carthaginians were uncivilised barbarians, and push them closer to Rome. This would have been a disaster. Hannibal wanted to isolate Rome, and the best way of doing this would be to convince the Italian allies that they had more to gain from friendship with Carthage than friendship with Rome. Livy seems quite surprised by what happens next. Hannibal spoke to the Romans, and he spoke kindly to them. He didn't want a war to the death with Rome. He was fighting for his honour and for empire. Therefore, 
he gave them the opportunity to ransom themselves. This was slightly more than the terms they had previously agreed. 500 denarii for a cavalryman, 300 for a foot soldier, and 100 for a slave. The Romans were eager to accept the terms, though. This is the first time that Hannibal had acted like this. And it makes complete sense if you think of him trying to get the Italian allies on his side by making the Carthaginians seem less threatening. I can also see some other factors that may have played into this decision. He had now been campaigning in foreign territory for two years. Getting supplies was beginning to become a problem. We've already seen how the need for supplies was driving Hannibal's movements across Italy. In his book, Ghosts of Canai, Richard O'Donnell describes the Carthaginians as going across the Italian countryside like squirrels with swords. Thanks to Tom Vilmer of the History of France in English podcast for making me aware of this particular amusing description. I might imagine that some extra coins in the coffers would be greatly appreciated for Hannibal's war efforts. There is another possible view. If you choose to focus on Hannibal raising the asking price for the ransom, you get a rather different picture. If Hannibal was concerned about PR, as we can safely assume he was, what kind of impression does this create? A Hannibal who doesn't keep his promises. A Hannibal who will make an agreement with you and then twist your arm when you can't do anything about it. We're told that the Romans eagerly accepted his offer. But what else were they going to do? Say, no thanks, we agreed a deal and we want that. We may be completely unarmed in the middle of your camp with no allied force nearby, but we're going to needlessly provoke you. Of course they are not going to say that, and they are going to agree with whatever terms they are offered. I think this was a very poor decision in terms of PR with the Italian cities and will have negated the positives of releasing the Allies. Remember back to the 25th episode, when Hanny and I were answering questions like Was Hannibal the complete package? Or Who would win in a fight, Alexander or Hannibal? I said that I didn't think Hannibal was the complete package. I said that he was a superb tactician, but a poor strategist. This is a good example of that. He brilliantly masterminded Carthage's victory at Cannae, but poor decisions like this made the task of winning the war that much harder. Regardless of the effect on the larger war effort, the Roman captives eagerly accepted the offer and voted to send ten men to go to Rome and argue their case to the Senate. They made an oath promising to return. The Romans took their oaths seriously and could be trusted to return on this. Carthalo, a Carthaginian nobleman, was to go with them to Rome and offer peace terms should the Romans be inclined to accept them. As I've repeatedly said, Hannibal clearly isn't on some war of vengeance inspired by his father. He was dragged into this war and I doubt he wanted to be there at all. Were he in such a war of vengeance, 
you would expect him to kill all the Roman prisoners, not try and ransom them. Likewise, you would expect him not to offer peace terms until Rome was his. If the Romans wanted an end to the war, I'm sure he would have been quite happy to make peace on reasonable terms and return to Spain. By trying to push Rome into a position to negotiate, the policy of weakening the Italian allies makes much more sense than foolishly gambling everything on making a lightning raid on Rome, which could have completely undermined his war efforts. Hannibal's mistake, as you will soon see, is by underestimating the bond within the Italian confederation, and underestimating the obstinacy of Rome. One of the ten almost immediately said that he forgot something, and returned to the camp to collect whatever it was, before catching up to his companions. By doing this, he completed his oath, saying that he would return to camp, and was free from the obligation. This is highly sneaky. The Carthaginians didn't realise what had happened. Livy states that he was no Roman. Once they heard of the envoys approaching, a lictor, one of the bodyguards to senior magistrates, was sent to Carthalo, ordering him to leave Roman territory before nightfall. Clearly, the Romans were not going to accept peace. The delegation was granted an audience with the dictator and with the senate, and they begged for the senate to pay the ransom, citing previous examples such as after the Roman defeat to the Gauls in the 380s BC. The state was clearly desperate for men. They had enlisted slaves for crying out loud. Surely saving these men was logical. Many were won over by this plea. They wanted families to be reunited. Several options were discussed, such as raising the sum needed from the public funds. Individuals could pay for their own pockets, should they want. Though, at this moment, an old-school senator, Titus Manlius Torquatus, spoke. Manlius had a stern impartiality. Strict observance of the law without emotion. He reminds me a lot of Javert. He complained at the way the men had stated their case, that these men who surrendered were better than those who had died, as well as those that had escaped and proven themselves useful, such as Varro and the others at the Canusium. He knew full well that these were men who hadn't tried to escape under the cover of darkness. These men were not the heroes they called themselves. These men were cowards. They were national disgraces, not fit to be ransomed. These men were not the heroes who had restored themselves to service at Canusium. These men deserved to not see Rome again until they had proven themselves worthy. They deserved to be returned to Hannibal. The senators looked around at each other. They had relatives, family, among the prisoners. But duty and the state came before emotions. 
they had gathered together funds to equip the men already gathered. They didn't want to drain the treasury and give money to Hannibal. Their answer was no. The men would not be ransomed. The public wept, but they knew it had to be done. The men returned to Hannibal. At least the nine did. One man went home, but once it was realised how he had dishonourably broken his oath, he was sent back to Hannibal with a public guard. There is an alternative version of events which involves all ten being stuck in Rome for three months, before the matter was brought up, and they all tried hiding in Rome, but were eventually sent back. When looking at these two versions, you can certainly see that the second version, with all ten men trying to be disgraceful, would be much more embarrassing for Rome, and could be why Livy is trying to present it as untrue compared to the version which has only one man trying to be dishonourable. But either way, the result is the same. If Hannibal didn't realise before how Rome was going to fight its wars, they should have been well aware by this point. If you'll allow me to make an extract from episode 35... Rome would always attempt, at Mm. the very least, to bounce back. They're fighters. Through and through, they're fighters. Never give up. Um, it's It's one of those things about being roman it is mm. romanness isn't it um they when hannibal said um i want some money for your hostages rome turned around the senate turned around and said no we're not weak you either die fighting or you come back victorious having spent much of the past month going over the story of these hostages i must say I completely agree with Hanny's assessment. When Carthage tries to raise the price agreed with the hostages, which would have been hugely insulting to such an honour-driven civilization, of course Rome refused. Rome wasn't weak. Rome wasn't going to be pushed around by Carthaginians. Rome wouldn't pay ransom for these dishonourable swine. Rome would fight until the war was won. Hannibal was doing the right sort of things for the war he wanted to fight, but you need to adapt your strategy to the enemy at hand. Perhaps this is Hannibal's great flaw. If you've enjoyed today's episode, you know where to find us online. Thehistoryofpodcast.blogspot.com the history of podcast at gmail.com the history of podcast dot spreadshirt dot co dot uk youtube.com forward slash the history of podcast facebook.com forward slash the history of podcast twitter.com forward slash the history of pod and historypodcasters.com I'll see you next week when we get into another crucial event in the Second Punic War. The defection of Capua. Thanks for listening. <laughs>